Another episode of Folico Live. Today, it's Monday. We're going to be getting into one of the most powerful pieces that our AI algorithms has to offer for us. It's going to be another round of earnings predictions. So this week, we've got a ton of huge tickers coming out for you. So this morning, Tyler and I are going to walk through the tickers for Monday and Tuesday. And then um, is it Tuesday or Wednesday, we're going to be going through the next slew, the back half of the week. So Wednesday through Friday. There are so many opportunities here that we've got to split these up into two days. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to really give the full treatment to everything that we like. And today, let me tell you, there are a few really powerful trades to focus on. Um, just looking forward in the show, look for something on Chipotle, for McDonald's, a lot of these um, eat-out restaurants coming out. And, and I think there's some fantastic trading opportunities there. In the current economic environment, we're going to get into why, when, and where to uh, where we're placing our money. So, uh, let Tyler, let's get right into it. By the way, your name placard is Travis Nixon. Well, that's not great. Well, let's see if I can change that. <laughs> Here, I got you. Hey, look. There you go. Nice. I'm Tyler Pugh, you know. Well, happy Fed Week, everybody. This is uh, if you like markets, you're not going to want to miss this week. We have Microsoft reporting. We have Meta reporting. We have. You know, the Fed probably going at least 70, well, definitely going at least 75 bips. Uh, you know, are they going to try to jam 100 down our throat? We'll find out. Um, yeah, this is, this is in terms of, in terms of markets and, and trading. This is just going to be a week full of opportunities, really. Um, we have some interesting views on earnings, um, especially as Travis mentioned, uh, really McDonald's is, is going to be our favorite for, for Monday and Tuesday. Um, we do want to note around these, you know, this earnings, we do have a serious macro schedule. Uh, we have, you know, mainly going to be the Fed um, on Wednesday here. And the thing to keep in mind is that there's going to be the Fed move this week in, in indices in which we most likely won't get the resolution until after the meeting. Um, usually you don't get to, and I say this frequently, you don't get to take risk off before the event. You you have to hold for the event if you want to, uh, you know, basically stay in long enough to have your, you know, your view potentially come to fruition. There's a whole lot of, um, you know, tomfoolery in, in the days and, and hours uh, leading up as, as people set up uh, positions. So I do want to keep in mind that we are, these earnings trades we are talking about are, are discrete over the event. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about timing and, and entry and things like that, but we don't want to get caught watching the paint dry around the Fed meeting this week as it, you know, potentially muddies the waters on. We have a pure view on earnings. And if you pick up some of the, the Fed, uh, you know, the Fed noise, you may have, I mean, it, it could work out too, but you, you know, you could have a negative, uh, you know, uh, some tailwind or some headwinds rather to your trade that, that you really weren't looking for. So that's, you know, something I want to start by by kind of disclaiming, I guess. So if I understand you correctly, Tyler, what what I'm hearing is suppose we're long on something Wednesday, Fed comes out, terrible news, everything's not going well, the whole market is down, and even though we're right on earnings, that news just knocks all the trades off anyway. So we've got to have a special um caution on Wednesday. Is that right? That's yes. I would. It's just be intelligent with your entry and your exit is is really what I'm what I'm saying. So if you you know like McDonald's, we're going to talk about that reports tomorrow. You're out of the trade. You know tomorrow. You know win or, win or lose. Uh, you know we don't want to then be 
you know, rolling the dice into the Fed, um, you know, necessarily. It's actually funny because my Fed view and my McDonald's view are the same direction, so maybe you do. But generally speaking, you don't want to have one view kind of start to blend and blur into another. If you have an earnings view, make sure you isolate earnings and don't end up picking up a whole bunch of of, uh, of extra noise. So is, no, is there a mystery on on the Fed? I mean, it's going to be 75 They've given really clear signals on that. I mean, isn't all of this pretty well priced in and expected? Is there anything that could be unexpected coming out of this? Doing our best to to avail, uh, avoid macro fail here. Um, it's really about the forward guidance. We know, you know, it's going to be 75 or 100. It's just the thing that could change people's minds and, and risks mind is, do they actually think they're going 75 basis points at every meeting for the rest of the year? Do they think they're, you know, do they think they can go one, you know, a full percent the next meeting? These are the kind of things that, that are going to impact price more than, you know, yes, we know 75 is coming. It's, it's just what next. So without any further ado, here is the earnings sheet. And can you zoom that in, Tyler, for us? Yes. So what you want to be paying attention to is, is H here. These are my notes on uh, when I looked through um, and, and went through uh, Folico. Uh, these are my my best of and my my most interesting thoughts, I I, I guess. So um, you know, if if we can, where do where do you want to start? Let's do. Let's. I mean, let's go. Just dive right into it. What is uh, what's going on with PHM? Okay, so this is probably. One of our better ideas for tomorrow, Politic Group. I'm going to share my fully go. Sorry, guys. Look at that. X marks the spot early July earnings crossing price. So this this one this one's probably a tier two uh, for this week. Um, you know we we don't have we don't have the the report on our model uh, being very strong, and we also kind of think the the recent rally is is pretty unfounded. Um, you know, not my not my best idea. I'll I'll get to my best idea. Um, but but this this is a decent one to consider. Um, you know, if you're a if you're a housing bear. Um, again, we have, there are better opportunities this week, but this is just one that I, I definitely want to note the, the start of the divergence. You know, if nothing else, it would be something to watch because, you know, we're, we're not in a rush here. So if, if that just means that we're going to have a full, you know, a full divergence by next earnings, then okay, so what? That's just a great trade for, for next earnings. So, uh, we don't necessarily have to do anything here. This is definitely one I'm watching, um, because that spread is starting to, to get wider and, um, you know, there are, there are plenty of, of ways in my mind for, for, a you know, a housing manufacturer to report some funky numbers to the downside, um, this quarter. Uh, so, you know, again, not our best, not our best idea of the week, but, but, uh, you know, a good one nonetheless. Yeah. Another- so, I'm, I'm, so what we're talking about here is coming in under earnings forecast. Now, uh, it's interesting because the last quarter EPS, was a dollar eighty four, right? And we're predicting actually uh, above that, so two thirty five. But that's still a miss for what the street expects, which is hovering right around that two fifty nine, two sixty. 
area, right? So not as great as Wall Street was expecting. Their price has been charging upward leading into the earnings event. And we predict that's not going to live up to expectations, essentially, right? And I, so what the, the broader housing market in general, are we, I, I think that we're just going to start seeing major headwinds for that whole group. Have you seen the numbers coming in on the amount of cancellations for new construction homes? Yeah, I mean, we can talk about, you know, those, those stories like that all day. There's stories, you know, in, in Austin, about Austin, Texas, about people who, you know, up until very recently, 20% through ask was, was considered good manners. Um, that's, that's, you know, we're going the other way now. So yeah, I mean, there's, there's certainly, uh, and Felico data is, is, you know, similarly kind of bearish and looking for that, you know, recessionary kind of environment. Um, so, you know, there will be some nuance into what pockets of the market hold up and, and things like that. But yeah, I mean, you know, I wouldn't be home buyers for a structural long here, you know, probably no. Um, yep. Something I did want to bring everyone's attention to, um, because I have just said so many bad things about semiconductors um, on this show, and we're not done being, you know, bearish yet, uh, probably done being so bearish I can't see straight, but, you know, we're still decently bearish here if I can, you know, show you our price forecast, still not great, but we're really starting to work off some of some of that um you know that that strength and earnings power so this isn't a big enough divergence for me to trade but i definitely will want to watch and see what what happens here i mean that was a complete collapse in earnings power over the last month um with a decent rally in the stock off uh, depressed levels. And that's the reason that I'm leaving this alone is because it's just already so beaten up that, you know, if I wanted to short it again, I'd probably wait for earnings to clear. I'd, you know, pick out a technical location and be a bit more thoughtful than, you know, uh, just, just going after it on a, on a one day basis, you know, especially given how nasty the move has been, but it'll be very interesting to see because, you know, you could convince me that this big reversal uh, in earnings power this quickly, even without a divergence is a bearish signal. I just, from a systematic standpoint, don't feel comfortable enough to trigger it, but I definitely do want to talk about it. Travis, what do you think? So TXN, our historical error on predicting them is 0.28. So 28 cents uh, off on average for predicting their earnings, which is really very accurate. If you can be within uh, 40 cents on earnings on average, that's, that's a pretty good signal that you're, you're getting all the time. We're our, our models are predicting 10 cents above the street right now. So um, last quarter, they were at 237. This quarter, our models have them at 216. Earnings consensus uh, for the street is about 206. Right. So Texas Instruments, the model is seeing a little bit of upside there. I don't think it's far enough from the street for to really say that the model is screaming good. And I mean, over the whole period of the earnings event, that earnings power is positive. So that's that's something to bear in mind, right? So throughout the last quarter from March to June, we saw really good things. But look at what's happening over that past week. And, and remember our guidance on the health scores. You want to avoid cliffs to the up or downside because that means that something is happening in this company that is going to be a little bit unexpected. Me personally, I wouldn't touch it right now. I think that we want to see what's happening in this earnings cycle 
and then really get down and, and do a deep dive. Maybe we should do another deep dive, Tyler, into semis just as a whole and the different parts of the semi of the semi market, you know, because you have some of your commodities, you have some of your innovators and stuff like that. TXN is interesting because they're one of those commodities that people don't keep in mind that it actually is quite innovative over the past decade. So I think that would be an interesting one to talk about. But I, I personally am not going to trade it for this cycle. Yeah, and that's 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 more, you know, we just wanted to file that under, hey, check it out. This is cool. And this is, you know, potentially notable later. Um, there was one other semi here that had a very similar. We'll, we'll go over. But anyhow, what I've been finding is that a lot of these semis have had um, you know, either earnings power go from positive to negative or go back to, you know, a neutral Z score and then, and then fall off. So this will be something to, to watch. We had talked about, you know, the semi earnings also being another capitulatory event. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm less, I'm, I feel less good about that. Um, you know, if the market's going to continue, you know, another 10, 20% lower then you know, semis probably don't bottom here. Uh, but in terms of risk reward, and that's something that we really like to talk about here, and we think it's the most important thing, you know, the risk reward on the semiconductor short into earnings, not so much. We think we have, you know, some other better interesting ideas. And one thing I want to showcase uh, that I was taking a look at, and, and give me just one second, Tyler, is if you do a pivot table by sector of what we're seeing, I can pull this up of where are these pockets of opportunity coming in. Now, this is only Monday and Tuesday earnings, right? Uh, and if you look at where we're seeing the most bearishness in terms of earnings, we are really below where the street's at for consumer cyclical. Consumer cyclical, again, and this is more of that recessionary type of uh, feeling that we've been getting lately. But similar uh, to what we were looking at this last Friday, utilities are really popping up above. So. If, if you look at the overall picture sector-wise of where are we seeing strength versus weakness coming into the next two days of earnings, utilities on average is coming out above where the street's seeing. But financial services down, real estate uh, down, the, those those top three or four right there really says something. Healthcare being down on earnings. Now, we've been pretty bearish healthcare earnings. Uh, we certainly were last week. Uh, but that was where a lot of our, our misses actually were. So J&J, we called that they would have down earnings. They didn't. However, they had down guidance. And that actually led us to being uh, directionally on, on the stock price correct, right? So, uh, and, and actually last week was pretty phenomenal, Tyler. We, we I forgot to mention that. Last week, we had a miss with Ally Bank. I want to be very clear on that. We had a, a, a big swing and a miss. And, and my portfolio suffered from that one. But then for the rest of the week, we had seven major calls, I believe it was last week. Six out of the seven were just absolutely home runs. Um, PM, yeah, if, if you saw my uh, uh, coverage last Friday on, on what happened with Philip Morris, that was incredible. Uh, it was a, a 420% gain on selling the, the options contracts on that plus a 5% gain on, on the long equity. So that was that was fantastic. That's the kind of win that we're trying to lay up for us today. I want to talk through Tyler all right, let's let's go beyond just the overall sector analysis. What is the idea of the day, Tyler? What yeah, let's, yeah, let's 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 finally talk about you know things that we think are are 
interesting and a good and a good trading idea. So let's let's go here. And if you've been watching this show, you know this is this might be almost getting boring. But okay, there it is. That's that's your that's your bearish earnings divergence for Monday and Tuesday. It's McDonald's. Um, you can buy the. Sorry, I gotta check my notes here. Uh, you can buy the 252 and a half calls, the weeklies, for about 350 here. That's about two percent of downside. Um, we, you know, we, traditionally when when we have divergences like this, we have no problem realizing that. Um, so that is that is our you know our best idea of of the pile from from Monday and Tuesday. Um, there's another one I'm going to enter here uh, shortly, officially, you know, into the record. But um, you know that is uh, that is our our table pounder best idea of of Monday and Tuesday. We think you know McDonald's is really going to uh, you know the, the price is going to have a yard sale after uh, after earnings. And there's I mean there's a lot of reasons why I I like this as a short idea beyond so the numbers are great. Remember we have two big models that we're looking at every time we're bringing you these strong earnings uh forecasts. First we have the AI model coming in and actually giving a discrete prediction of here's what I think their actual earnings number earnings per share is going to be. We focus on EPS. Okay? Uh, then we look at this chart here, and it's as Tyler has covered on this show several times. It's the alligator jaws. It's that divergence between the price and earnings power, right? So just if we, if, if you see a low earnings power, that doesn't matter in and of itself unless you see the converse price appreciation, because that means that people have misstepped in predicting where this the earnings of this company is going to be. If you see sympathetic drawdown of both the price and the earnings power, that's not necessarily going to lead to much gain. In fact, it's ambiguous into that event as to which direction the price is going to go. Perhaps investors already realize that downside, right? But McDonald's coming in, I mean, they've had such a shakeup uh, with their executives lately. Um, and I don't think that you see an, an executive shakeup like that without there being bad news coming out. And and I think they're trying to get ahead of the news of earnings haven't been that great. Look, investors, we've already acted on it. We've got this executive shakeup. We're, we're, we're rearranging the management team. And it makes sense. I've, I've, I've taken my kids to McDonald's a few times in the past couple months, and now chicken nuggets are, it feels like I'm paying double. It feels like I'm paying twice of what I used to pay coming into the line. Now, McDonald's is traditionally one of those stocks that holds up great during a recession, but when you're facing eight, nine percent inflation uh, and you're facing an, an era where McDonald's did great during COVID because you could drive through and they had pretty great COVID policies on how to withstand all the isolation and, and the um, COVID restrictions and stuff like that. But on the downside, now that COVID uh, is, is letting everyone out and live their normal lives, everyone's going back to the normal sit down restaurants. And, right. and you know, one of those restaurants. So we, we actually have a, a question here. Uh, let's see. How would you trade McDonald's? Well, I'll tell you how I have trade McDonald's. So full disclosure, on Friday, I actually went in on some options contracts, and I definitely went to put. Uh, just you know, bought some put options contracts on, on McDonald's. Which strike did you use? For me, it was Friday, so I've got to remember. Uh, 242.50. Okay. So that's, that's a bit more out of the money. So that, that would be appropriate with, um, you know, given the large divergence, we think we can get a large move. So using something more out of the money 
in terms of it, you know, how to trade it would be more appropriate. Um, for, for record keeping on the show, I use the at the money option in the prevailing direction of whatever we're using just so uh, I can keep an intellectually honest record. But yeah, I mean, the 245 strike, the 240 strike, uh, going a little bit further out seems to make sense given, uh, we've observed large reactions, the larger the spread between the earnings power and, and the stock price gets. So, you know, we could, we definitely could see some, you know, pretty decent downside. But to reiterate, for record keeping on the show, I will always use the at the money option. And what is that at right now? Uh, the at the money is uh, 252 and a half. Okay. Okay. Wait, I mean, I, that that's a move of just a couple dollars down. And we're already down almost 50 cents on the pre-market this morning. Oh, I just saw, I, I, I saw it was like down like 16 cents. Okay, so it's already starting to move. So um, on a, on a, on something like this, we are happy to enter the trade at the open. And for record keeping purposes, um, we will, we will enter uh, the McDonald's puts at, at the open. Um, I do want to get your thoughts though on, on another, uh, on another food stock that's, that's kind of got my attention over here. Chipotle. What do you make of that? I mean, it's got the shape. Right? It's, is it it's actually, is it actually too bad to short? You know, we've done some studies that, that straight negative one is almost too bearish to short because it's, it's, you know, the bottom of the range and we really usually recycle higher. So what, uh, there's about a 4% move priced into the after money puts. What would you do with that? You know what I see with that though is, this has happened a few times that we've seen such huge movements like this. And this is indicative that even if you get the trade wrong, you're going to get the guidance, right? So it's all about that motion, right? If we go to the model, we, I mean, we are, uh, we are below where the street is on this CMG. The model is definitely predicting some bearishness. Um, as far as, uh, the, the error on the model, the error on the model is a little bit higher for this one. Their EPS tends to be at a certain range where the model starts to suffer a little bit. So, uh, CMG, I, I think it's worth going in on, uh, okay. and for, for a put, just myself. How about you? That's, it, it's, it's right on the line because I can, I can make up all sorts of stories for, uh, you know, one of those minus 10% earnings reactions, right? I mean, we got, we, there's, there's every, everything's there. We, we have the move away from, from door dashing back to restaurants. We have input costs higher, you know, across the board. Um, so look on the 10 week real quick. See, look at that 10 week. Although it looks like a pop down, this is a trend. Right. And it's actually a fairly smooth trend. I mean, you had a little bit of a floating up in June. Uh, and Chipotle is, I, I don't think they're one of those recession-proof stocks. It, I don't know. I, I think that this is probably, to me, it seems like a good opportunity, although I will, full disclosure, say it's not part of my portfolio this week. Okay, so let's do that. We're going to enter this for record-keeping purposes. Uh, the 1350 put... For this week is $47. That's about 4% downside from here. Uh, we will at the open for record keeping purposes enter this as a, as a trade. 
Um, if I was, you know, sizing it versus McDonald's, I'd do, you know, two McDonald's for everyone, Chipotle. Um, that doesn't work perfect. I do it in terms of full notional. Obviously, you can't do, you know, on a contract basis. But I would do, you know, if you were going to do 10,000 worth of, of Chipotle puts, I'm making up a number, I'd do 20,000, you know, in terms of uh, McDonald's premium. Um, you know, all other things equal. Um so and, that, yeah. and and real quick on on that on the pizza or on the uh, food we've got a question thoughts on DPZ yeah so reported earnings uh, you know pretty good reaction last week um, finished under four hundred bucks I'd stay short um, you know I just I, I think you know thir- uh, three twenty seems like a reasonable a reasonable check back point on on the stock price. Um, you know, uh, especially, you know, just, just looking up here and, and seeing some of the levels on, on, you know, some charts. Yeah. It, this, this looks like exactly what you would want to be seeing if you were, you know, entering a short here. It, it, it all sorts of failed at higher prices, broke back down on earnings. So yeah, yeah, still bearish. So Troy Ed comes out here. He's, he's saying something interesting. So not a question, but he's making uh, just a point here. They've announced investments in startups focusing on kitchen automation and plant-based alternatives. To me, that's a company that wants to show their investors that they're doing something to solve a problem, that they have anemic growth and they aren't seeing they thought they would coming out of COVID. So I, I, if, if you have someone investing in startups like that, it depends on how big of a strategy this is. Like, if that's the message that takes up a lot of their call, I'm bearish as anything on that. Right. If it's Autom- that they just quickly drop in and say, like, oh, by the way, we're doing some cool stuff here, then then that's fine. That's fine. But I, I want Chipotle to be making cash. This should be a great free cash flow business, especially right now as people are coming out of their homes and buying and sitting down in restaurants and they're comfortable with that again. I want cash. If cash isn't the number one, two, three, and four things that they talk about in their uh, earnings, then I, I'm I'm not interested. So uh, yeah, interesting on on the investment startups there. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's interesting, right? Because it, it kind of points to you know. Want to know who does not ever complain about minimum wage and, and salaries? Robots. Um, so, you know, that's to, to that point of, you know, it's starting to get kind of expensive to pay workers, um, you know, to, to attract, to attract people. It's, it's just been a squeeze, especially in that sector. You know, I would, I would argue the rate of change in salaries there might be amongst, you know, the highest. I, you know, made that statistic up, but I, you know, I'm just kind of thinking through it. Like, I've, I've seen very large, you know, moves. It's, you know, I think I saw like 20 bucks an hour minimum wage used to be. So that's, you know, that's a hundred percent higher. Not to say that that's the right level, but, uh, on a rate of change basis, that's what hits, uh, companies from set from quarter to quarter is, oh, by the way, you know, our, our prices really shot up, you know, in the last quarter. So it, it would definitely make sense that they'd love to have, you know, lower staffed automated ghost kitchen kind of things, you know, especially if you're going to uh, be delivery focused um, because if you just have, you know, one or two people and some robots making burritos for, for people to pick up, you know, that's, that's way less cost intensive. So that definitely makes sense. Um, you know, in the context of what's going on. I, I, it makes sense as to why they would want to do that. 
But I, to me, this gives a little window and a view into what's going to we're going to see in their earnings report. Oh, it's not our fault. Input costs are up. You know, this labor market. Oh, it's not us. You know, let us keep our jobs as executives. But I mean, this is the Uber play. Anytime you're telling me, oh, our costs are too high, but don't worry, we're going to automate. I don't buy it for a second. No. So um, Chipotle, I'm pretty bearish on the company in general. Ever yes. since they started seeing rats in the in the serving room, I haven't really frequented the, the location too much. Uh, the corn salsa is the greatest thing on earth, but other than that, no. I mean, it's it's they're they're pretty good burritos, you know. And that's that's the problem is, you know, what kind of multiple are you going to pay for pretty good burritos? Cash. <laughs> I want to see cash. Right. <laughs> that's it. Anyway, so um, quick thing and announcement that we were talking about last week. I want to make sure all of our subscribers are seeing this. If you are subscribed to Folico, the product. Uh, get in and we're going to be sending you these earnings uh, reports and predictions every day to your inbox. That's going to be landing um, perhaps at the start uh, as early as next week. We're going to start getting this going out to you so that you're going to be able to do all the same analysis that you see us doing here on the show. You're going to have all those numbers and predictions at your fingertips. If you are not a Folico subscriber, get in there and subscribe today at www.cinerai.com. There is a direct link in the description of this video below. Subscribe to Folico Live, uh, our channel. It's going to help us out. And uh, we're going to be able to bring you these insights every morning at 8.30 a.m. Uh, and thank you for joining us today. It's been great uh, being with you. Happy trading. We're going to go off and, and get to it. 29 minutes. Market's open.